Today our bishop has asked that the priests of the Diocese of Bismarck give a homily on making our homes into safe havens. I want to begin this homily with a brief prayer. Good and Heavenly Father, we pray that you would cover us, our families, and all our possessions with your love and the power of your Son's most precious blood. Bind and drive out from among us any spirits who are opposed to your kingdom. Soften our hearts and heal our wounds so that we may receive your word and your love. Pour your Holy Spirit into our hearts. Surround all of us with your heavenly angels, saints, the strong arms of St. Joseph and St. Edward, and the mantle of our Blessed Mother. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. This homily that I'm about to give, a good portion of it comes from Father Robert Cooper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans, from the homily that he gave some time ago. Consider this hypothetical situation. What if Southwest Water Supply, the water source connected to most of our homes, had toxic elements in it that caused us to get serious disease or cancer? Assume that many of us don't know about this toxic element in the water, and because we don't know, we drink this water day after day. Or assume that we do know it's toxic, but we refuse to believe it's toxic, or we refuse to find the appropriate filters to filter out the toxin in the water. Moreover, we allow our children to drink freely of this water without filtration. Also note that this toxin in the water has an addictive side to it. The more you drink, the more you want it. This toxic water causes a person to isolate himself or herself and to become saddened. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know that this homily is not about Southwest water supply. Southwest water supply, as far as I am concerned, and to my knowledge, supplies good water. What I'm referring to is fiber optics. The optical fiber cables hooked up to our homes and cell phone towers. These optical cables transmit a vast amount of good content. At the same time, are capable of transmitting an even larger amount of poison and toxic material. The worst of this material is addictive. It is harmful to marriages, turns good parents into mediocre parents or bad parents, steals the joy of adults and children. Its after effects leave a person shameful, isolated, sad, causing a person to go back to the vomit one previously ate and threw up. This toxin in these cables and on the internet, this stuff, is none other than pornography. It's in movies, TV shows, websites, and more. It first gives a high and causes a greater low, then gives a lower high and a lower low, to the point it empties the soul of life and joy. It even attacks all desire for help and the hope of heaven, and even God's grace. 
The biggest part of this problem is with men and boys. Nevertheless, women and girls are becoming more affected with this disease than before. Listen to these statistics. Studies indicate that 93% of boys and 62% of girls are exposed to pornography before the age of 18. 51% of male students and 32% of female students viewed this stuff before they were age 13. 71% of teens have done something to hide what they do online from their parents. This includes clearing browser history, lying about behavior, using a phone or handheld gadget instead of a computer to browse, using private browsing, disabling parental controls, or having email or social media accounts unknown to their parents. Listen to this one. 75% of children said their parents had never discussed internet pornography with them. 75%. Sometimes parents don't want to talk about it with their children because they think by talking to them about it, they're going to expose their children to, to the word. But I would rather have little Johnny or Susie hear it from dad and mom than a classmate or a friend who's not going to tell them the, the effects of it. One in ten American males view this stuff daily. 85% of men and 48% of women said they used this stuff at least one to two times per month or more. 68% of men and 18% of women said they use it at least once every week. 56% of divorces involve, that's over half, folks. 56% of divorces involve one party having, quote, an obsessive interest in pornographic websites, end quote. And that's coming from the court system. No one is immune from this invasion, and the problem exists in Catholic homes as it does in other homes. It involves men and women, boys and girls. One of the realities of this topic is that a person, through no fault of his or her own, can be exposed to this material quite innocently. A misspelled word in a search engine can lead to exposure, and that can place a hook in a person. If we are not careful, first exposure develops into repeated curiosity, and that develops into habitual use that impedes healthy human development and spiritual development. In past generations, first exposure happened easily enough, but we must admit that with the dawn of the Internet, it happens much more easily and frequently now, and it comes directly into your home. First exposure to this stuff happens right in the room where you think your child is safe. It comes in on the computer, the tablet, or their smartphone. This is a matter that cannot be ignored amongst Christians, in your family, by you or by me, 
or on each person's examination of conscience. We cannot be silent while life and joy are being taken from people and relationships are breaking or never even have a chance to grow. Use of this stuff makes its users spiritually crippled and deadened. This stuff negatively impacts personal discipline, dating, marriage, and even the ability of a young man to discern a call from God to the priesthood or a man or woman to religious life or marriage. It is a serious, grave, and deadly sin if one chooses to do it freely. Freely is the key word. The sin needs to be confessed in the sacrament of God's love. One cannot receive the grace from God unless one has sorrow and desires to rid oneself of it. Folks, unless one exposes the sin, the light cannot shine in the darkness. I hope I do not cause rash judgment or awkward situations here, but given the statistics of this stuff, parents, you should likely just assume that if your child has free access to the Internet at any time, he or she has already been exposed and that your middle school and high school children may already have a habit of use. You must speak with them with respect, gentleness, and no condemnation. And children, if you're going to this stuff, I'm sure you already know that it leaves you sad. Relationship with family members becomes more difficult. You find yourself wanting it more and more like a drug. And you find yourself depressed and anxious. Talk to a good person about it. You actually can be set free from this stuff. And parents... And adults, statistics tell us that many of you are also dealing with this stuff. Without the grace of God that comes through the sacraments, you can never overcome the sin. But with God's grace, you can be set free. As a confessor, I have seen people overcome the sin in their life. Jesus came to set us free, to set all of us free from any sin. He certainly can set you free, but he can't unless you humbly get help. Pride feeds into the sin, whether it's the pride of self-pity or the pride that one looks upon as not a sin at all. You must take measures to control and eliminate the entry points for this material in your home. Use internet accountability and filtering software and maybe even have everyone in the house turn in all cellular and internet devices each evening where they remain locked in the parents' bedroom until morning. Men, dear brothers in the faith, you especially need to take measures to protect yourselves, your wives, and your children. You need to live courageously in your fatherly role of protector in your home. 
tackle this sin like you would tackle a thief who comes into the house to harm your wife, children, and you. As your spiritual father, I want to set the tone for our response to this moral epidemic. No one is permitted to shame anyone. Parents, you cannot shame your children or other adults. The devil knows what he is doing in trafficking this filth. Anyone who is struggling needs to know that they are loved and that they are called to true and authentic human relationships. Jesus gives us the example of the woman caught in, in adultery. He could have condemned her and shamed her. Instead, he says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and do not sin again. Therefore, in this parish, I want to open this topic up for conversations. Parents and grandparents, I'm asking you to continue this conversation in your home and with your family. Opening this conversation can allow healing to take place. This is because in talking openly and honestly, we will draw each other, our spouses and our children, into more authentic relationships that, together with confession, prayer, struggle, and acts of penance, will result in lessening the grip of this stuff. Anyone struggling needs to be prudent, but opening this matter not to everyone, but to a trusted friend, can offer accountability in the battle. I want you to know that there are in fact people who do not use this stuff. The battle is possible. Victory is already won in Jesus Christ. Moreover, others in this parish will be ready to stand with you as you engage in battle, whether through prayer or through acts of love. It is time to reject the devil's message that tells you to keep this matter hidden. Kept secret in the darkness, he increases his power over you. In the light, the devil gets really scared. Folks, God is ready to meet you in the struggle in the sacrament of confession. He already loves you. As you hear this invitation to confession, he loves you and he wants you to have a deeper relationship with him who is real love, who is real beauty. He wants you to experience the joy he has in you as his beloved son or daughter. To fight against the evil of pornography in our lives and the lives of our families, I'm going to suggest six important spiritual and practical weapons. First, I would like every person in this parish to pray the rosary every day. If one does not know how to pray the rosary, to learn how to pray the rosary. To invoke Mary in battle. She brought us her son who crushed the serpent's head. Her intercession is very powerful. And she's the woman par excellence, the most beautiful of all women, pure and holy. Pray the rosary in your home and with your family. Two, reverent worship of God is a weapon in battle. And so in addition to faithful, a, a faithful 
attention at Mass, I ask each of you, whether you struggle with the sin or not, to come receive God's love in the Blessed Sacrament, in the Holy Eucharist, and to train your eyes to look upon Him, the Holy One in our midst. Throughout the week, most of the time, the doors in the back of the church, the main entrance, they're locked. However, this side door over here is usually open. So if you happen to be in town, you happen to be traveling through for some reason, stop on by. Come on in the side door, come into the church, and sit before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And open your heart. Whether you're praying for others who struggle with this, whether you're praying for yourself, or you're praying for, for really any reason. Coming before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament allows healing in our souls, in our hearts. Men, I encourage you to invoke St. Joseph in this battle and to ask his intercession. See in him a great companion, an example of what it means to be a man of faith, strength, and purity in the family. Four, don't forget the value of reading and praying with sacred scripture, with the Bible. Taking on practices of fasting and using devotionals like holy water and religious medals in moments of temptation also help. Five, make a regular confession and take the necessary steps to find an accountability partner. Six, men, men, I'm speaking this to you again. Take down any soft porn you have at work, in your workshop, at home, man cave, or basement. Throw it in the garbage. It's not funny stuff anymore. Delete anything on your phones, gadgets, or computers. And wives, if you see this stuff up, or you yourself have stuff up, respectfully remove it, or tell your husband to do this, respectfully. Safe Haven Sunday is an annual initiative inspired by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. They wrote a document called Create in Me a Clean Heart. In this document, they say this, quote, The use of pornography by anyone in the home deprives the home of its role as a safe haven and has negative effects throughout a family's life and across generations. The 2019 Safe Haven Sunday resource is that the Covenant Eyes, that Covenant Eyes gives out. It's the book called Equipped, Smart Catholic Parenting in a Sexualized Culture. I got a number of the copies, and they will be in the back for you to take home, one per household. On the front of it are instructions to join a seven-day uh, text system an email program. The emails that they will send will contain videos that, with easy instructions for turning your home into a safe haven. The videos explain the latest apps, Google Safe Search, YouTube Restricted Mode, social media risks, how to address online pornography, and more. Again, this is an all-video format received in a series of emails. I know this resource will be helpful to you. And coming to a close, pornography is a grave offense against God 
and his gifts to men and women. God created man and woman in his image to share in his divine life. Rather than respecting and cherishing this image of God, this stuff teaches people to use others as objects for self-centered gratification. And listen to this. And those of you who, who experience that, you can relate. It clouds the mind and prevents one from living out one's vocation. As a husband, as a wife, as a parent, as a child, or as even a single person, brother or sister. In addition, since pornography attacks sexual desire in the conjugal act itself, it wages war on marriage and on the family. Let us be strong men and women of purity, chaste and holy, and fight to preserve the garment of salvation we have received in holy baptism. May we as a parish and Christian people come to know and love God's care and goodness more than any sin. And let us ask him to remove any fear in our hearts, any anxieties which are preventing us from bringing this to light. And most of all, preventing us from receiving God's love, his goodness, his care for us.